All right, another episode, another SmackDown, Jared. Yep. Another franchise, the Elm Street franchise. Of course. Having listened, if you've listened to our other fran- uh, franchise SmackDowns, you'll understand that we're actually looking at the, comparing the two worst films. <laughs> Which we really haven't changed. <laughs> yeah, we really we're have gonna, to get into the two best. We're going to stop doing this. <laughs> and so we're going to try it. In this particular case, we've decided on our two least favourite Freddy's, I guess, Elm Street 2 and Freddy's Dead, which was part six. We're going to square them off against each other, have a bit of a rundown on each, decide on a score, and work out which one is the actual worst of the of the pair. Before I get into all that, we did have a comment on our Podomatic page from Adam, one of our listeners. Uh, Adam, mate, thanks for uh, the feedback. We really appreciate you listening. Uh, we're and... struggling that much. You're taking a comment on, you, <laughs> commenting on our own page. <laughs> no, not me. No, not me. Adam also dropped us a little bit of trivia about uh, one Chuck Norris. He mentioned that Chuck's real name is actually Carlos Ray Norris. Mm. Nice little bit of trivia. I- I'm prepared to give Chuck the benefit of the doubt on that because it's close enough to Chuck. Yeah. It's not a Michael Caine whose real name's Boris Micklewaite or something. (laughs) It's close enough. So, you know, good bit of trivia, Adam. Thanks again for getting in touch with us. Also, mate, if you want to drop us a line at any stage and let us know a movie you'd like us to cover, just send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au or comment again on the Podomatic page. But good to hear from you, mate, and uh, glad you're enjoying it. All right, Jared, we're going to forego all the... The rigmarole at the start, um, what we've been watching and all that stuff. We'll save that for the next episode. So let's go straight in. Here's the trailer for 1985's Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Watch out for him. It started to happen again. Dad! I'm in trouble. You've had some scary dreams, okay? Help! Daddy can't help you now. Freddy is back on Elm Street. And he's not a welcome visitor. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 2. Freddy's Revenge. Rated R from New Line Cinema. Now showing at a theatre near you. From 1985, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Directed by Jack Shoulder, who did a a favourite of mine called The Hidden. Very reminiscent of Jason Goes to Hill, I believe. Produced by Robert Shea, who basically produced the Elm Street films and pretty much ran New Line Cinema. And written by David Chaskin, who also who wrote I Madman. It stars Mark Patton as Jesse, Kim Myers as Lisa, Robert Rustler as Grady, and Robert England as Freddy Krueger. It was budgeted at $2.2 million dollars and made about $30 million in the US. Small piece of trivia, Brad Pitt, John Stamos, and Christian Slater all auditioned for the role of Jesse. So says I'm Internet Movie Database. Right. All right, Jared, general thoughts on this one. A score out of five. Are we scoring or are we saving No, well, yeah, we'll hold the scores to the end. Okay. General thoughts. I said to you before we went on, this one might be the one of the better movies we've watched in the SmackDown, <laughs> which is not saying a great deal. No. But I actually think this one for the start of the movie, for probably the first 45 minutes, is pretty okay. 
There's some strange things that go on during mm. that 45 <clears> minutes. <throat> but overall, it's it looks like it's got something happening. There's a bit of a bit of a story developing. There's some decent acting, I felt. But it sort of goes goes to falls into a heap after that. Yeah. Um and actually with time and with a bit of that sort of discussion around the subtext of the movie, it actually does make it more entertaining, more relevant. So yeah, I that's that's my general thoughts without uh, withholding the score until you know, the winners announced. Yeah. I would agree with you. I'd probably cut back about 10 minutes on that 45 <laughs> right, minutes. Okay. I, I think there's a kernel of a really good idea there. There's just, actually, just a kernel. There's a, there's, there's a little, it hasn't popped, unfortunately, <laughs> but there is a good idea there somewhere in the mix. And it's also kind of interesting to see a sequel that, pretty much goes in a totally different direction yeah, which than probably, the original. Which probably ends up being one of its faults. Yeah, yeah, which which is weird because I'm always calling for new stuff. Like yeah, I'm always yeah. calling for sequels that are going to go in a direction that's different. Yeah. But in this case, once you get past that 35 minutes, they start bending the rules however they yeah. like. Yeah, it took Freddy somewhere different, yeah. which is probably not. Like... And, and, and it turns into a big mess. Yeah. I agree that there's some reasonable acting. And there is genuinely a little bit of kind of a scary vibe early on that the f- sort of almost bl- bleeding out of the original. Yeah. But then once we get past the 35-minute mark, we get all sorts of weird stuff, mm. and, and, and that's where it goes down. I think as far as likes go, I actually think the, the opening dream sequence with the bus is actually really reasonably effective. Yeah, I had the same thing. I thought it was was quite good. Yeah, it's creepy, it's dark, it's it's got that vibe that the original had. The effects are passable too. Yeah, yeah. And Freddy being shrouded in darkness and still not talking in that particular sequence. He's not mm. talking, he's not interacting. It still makes me feel very similar to the original. Mm. I like the little bit, like I like how you see Anglin driving the bus too. Yeah, because at that point you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have known, really that was him. You wouldn't have been paying attention if you were just there to see the horror movies. You know they hadn't reached the peak that they did, and he hadn't sort of become the star that he did off the back of yeah. Freddie. So that was a nice little, nice little touch too. I also like the touch. There's actually a bit where. Uh, a quick sort of insert shot where the bus is going really fast and he keeps yelling, stop the bus, stop the bus, stop the bus, and it drives into the desert and they they shoot to a close-up of the gear stick and the hand comes down and it's got the glove on it. Yeah. And it shifts gears. I thought that was really cool because it kind of had – we had still hadn't seen Freddy at that stage and it's actually the first shot of Freddy we get in the film. Yeah. And I think that's not bad. I think that opening sequence is good. Yeah, it's quite good. There is also another dream sequence that's not long after that. The first one in the house, you've got the body, I've got, got the, the brain. brain. Yeah. That's another one that works well. Yeah, and again, it's, it's within good. that first 25, 30 minutes, mm. it still has that atmosphere and vibe of the original. And that's the kind of early Freddy that we like. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, not, it's a little bit of a pun, but it's not kind of the ridiculous over-the-top sort of place, places that he went. And the sort of pulling the pulling the head back mm. and giggling or laughing while he's doing it and stuff is that was what the character was sort of built on. Yeah, I mean, it was very reminiscent or slightly reminiscent of in the first one. Hey Tina, watch this. Yeah, yeah. And he cuts his fingers off. Yep. 
that sort of thing kind of felt it felt a bit the same. It did, which yeah. is what I liked. And, and and by that point, you're still sort of invested, I think, in the film, and you're still comfortable with where they're going. Yeah. Um, I th- you talked about acting. I think Robert Russell is probably the best performer in the film. Yeah, he was really good. And he's given he isn't given a lot to work with. But he makes the most of it. He actually gives you a kind of a bit more of a dimension to a character who could have just been one note, sort of jock, yeah, bully type. He's actually it's funny because that's the the kind of role that it seems like he's playing. But he ends up being the the friend. Yeah, he, yeah. He's playing playing pranks on on Jesse in in class, like or you know he's giggling at him when he yeah. gets the snake put on him and stuff like yeah. that. Whereas usually that guy would be portrayed as oh fuck I hate this guy. But yeah, he's yeah. he's his buddy. You know it's kind of a nice little uh, nice slight reversal because they start off as sort of enemies with the yeah. biffo on the softball field. Yeah, and it's uh, I actually think Mark Patton's really good too. I, yeah, I, I think he displayed a fair bit of talent. There was some potential there mm. at the very least in terms of like I mean some of the some of the leading. Actors and actresses you got in these '80s horror flicks, he's right up there. He's he's really good, especially considering he's playing a essentially the final girl role mm. in effect. And I think because it, it was slightly different, and because I guess now looking back on the subtext and everything of it, um, and him talking on the documentary, which by the way he comes across really well in the documentary. Mm. He's actually made really his own well. doco too now. Has he? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't or mind screen, saying that. Screen Queen. Yeah, I really wouldn't mind saying that because he came across really well in the documentary. Yeah. Uh, and he, he really looked at it from a certain angle, the film, and I, it was really interesting to hear how he felt back in 85. Yeah, well, I've read quite a bit on what happened to him and he kind of got run out of the industry in some ways. Mm. Um but oh, yeah, ex- exactly like you said. In recent times, he sort of he's he had this realization that people actually did like Elm Street too, and it became a bit of a sort of touchstone for yeah. for gay cinema. I yeah, guess. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so he was he sort of turned right around, and now does the convention circuits and stuff, and it's good to hear. I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously, for people who don't know that the documentary gives, and I believe we spoke about this a couple of couple episodes back. Yeah. The documentary basically points to the subtext being that Jesse is gay and he's coming out and that Freddie's almost like that person coming out. Yeah. The, and it's, it's... It's interesting to see the filmmakers talk about who who realised it and who didn't. Yeah. Because it seems, I mean, quite honestly, I, the first time I watched it, I was too young and stupid. I still am fairly stupid. Yeah. But at that time, I was too young and stupid to pick up on any of it. Um, I was just looking for a you know a, a horror flick. That's all I was looking mm. for. But then when you go back and watch it with that sort of knowledge, because I hadn't watched it in quite a while, mm. and you go back and watch it with that knowledge, and it's it's clear. Yeah, <laughs> it's, clear it's clear cut. I mean, within ten minutes, Grady's tackling uh, Jesse, and like his pants come down, mm. and next thing you know, they're sort of fighting. Jesse with his pants down, trying to remove Grady's shirt. Yeah. Then he's going home doing that dance. Yeah. And he's got the you know the no girls allowed sign on his door and the probe board game and <laughs> the the S and M club and yeah yeah. It's, it's very much you, you can definitely there's see there's a it. man that's trying to take me and all this sort of stuff. Like you can, it's it seems pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, I think I actually think that angle makes it far more entertaining. Yes. And it makes it more relevant. 
Yeah, exactly. It actually seems like there's, again, as I said, that idea is there. There's something different about the whole endeavour from the previous Nightmare on Elm Street. But that's a double-edged sword, unfortunately, for it. There's good things about it like that, but there are bad things we're going to get to. Yeah. Freddie's makeup's better. Yeah. Freddie's Much makeup better. is good in this one. Like Kevin Yeager's makeup became basically the, the template for yeah. Freddie. Um, he sort of looks quite grotesque yeah. in some parts of it, um, especially seeing it up against six, which I'll get into. Oh. Um, part two looks really, really good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not as good as three and four. No. He's, 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 he's tweaked it come three and four, and, yep. and the facial makeup's really well done in those, but it's good enough, and, it, and he's shrouded in enough darkness most of the time and you can't see the flaws yeah. if there are many. So that's a really good job. Yeah, I really like that. I, I, personally, I think that's how he should be, like the way that he was bathed in shadow a lot, and it, it looks far better. And I think that's, just to slightly go off track, that's kind of where they went wrong with the remake. Mm-hmm. Trying to make him look like a proper proper burn burn victim, I just don't think that really worked. Some of the makeups at times looked okay in the remake, but then other times it looked really bad. Plus, because yeah. his mouth was sort of was all pushed down, he, he mumbled a lot yeah. when he spoke. So, but I think this is the best of or one of the best looks that he's had. Yep. Another special effects based thing is the scene where he Freddie comes out of him. Yeah, it's really nicely handled. A lot of mechanical effects, a lot of prosthetics. Even though it's not an eighty-five, and you can tell it's obviously dummies and stuff, but it, it works pretty well. Yeah, um, and it's still quite gross and impressive the way they do it. Yep. So yeah, I was pretty impressed with that. Let's get to the, my personal favorite part of the film. Have you ever cleaned your room? <laughs> Jesse style? Uh, I haven't, but I was tempted to straight after I <laughs> turned the movie on. Put on a pair of sunnies, yeah. chuck on a tape into the tape I player. I wanted to start putting my clothes in the drawer and then bumping it with my, <laughs> my ass to close the drawer and stuff like that. Getting I some sort of pump thing and humping it up on top of the bed. <laughs> my, my notes, all my notes say is dance sequence, huge like. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's on par with Van Dance. <laughs> it is. It's it up is. There. It's right up there with it Van Dance. We'll yes. put it. We'll put the. Um, I'll put the video on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So please go and check that out because it's definitely worth it. Um, I actually had another like around finding the diary just after that dance sequence. Mm. I didn't mind that. Mm. I thought the way they got the information about the house. Yeah, because it was set in the same house as the first one. I yeah. thought the way they got the information, a little bit of info about Freddie, how he finds the diary, and then you know they they're laughing at it at yeah, some of the and descriptions. Then and then it's the man he wants to the, kill me. Yeah, yeah, the man with the the, the claws, and um, I actually thought that was really good. And getting a bit of info from Grady about oh, you know you, your old man's a, a, a chump, a chump yeah. because he's uh, that house, blah blah blah. This happened. I really like that, and I think that was an advantage of sort of keeping it to that same setting in the school. It played into this kind of urban myth thing that Freddie kind of is. You know, he's got the rhyme about him, and yeah. I actually really like that. Yeah, so did I, and I think that that's, that's exposition that worked well. Really Like, well, we yeah. just needed we needed the info about Freddie, but we needed to get it in the right manner, and they, we got it in the right manner in this yeah. case. They actually broke it up nicely. Yep. Um, rather than just going, having Mr. Exposition just come out and, 
and explain everything or have some sort of scroll at the start or whatever. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, can be a real come down when you're trying to push all this information out on the audience. Mm. You need a way of doing it well. And in this case, they did it well. Yeah. I That's that actually really well. well done. I didn't have any other likes, Jared. Uh, that was it for me. Yeah. Sadly. Uh, yeah. I mean, it seems like we don't have a lot. But I still feel that probably the idea behind it, the plot ideas, could be considered a lot in some way. Yeah. I've actually watched this twice in three weeks now or four weeks. Mm. I've got a bit of a fondness for it, even though it's ended up in the SmackDown as the worst of the series. I guess it doesn't really stack up to some of the others. No. and In perhaps entertainment value. Yeah. I guess going straight into the dislikes, I do have a soft spot for it, but the reason it's probably ended up in the SmackDown is because it's a bit of a it's a bit of a sidestep. It starts off pretty strong, but then it ends up going it, like deviating too far, hmm. and it really hurts it by this whole thing about you know having Jesse kill for him and restricting the sort of dreams to Jesse. It, it doesn't doesn't work. Yeah. For the whole movie. Yeah, because there was no one else. There was no one he, else. He, he wasn't was having a, the dreams. Although, does Grady mention it at some point? Maybe down the stretch? Yeah, I down think. Down the end? But, you know, the, in terms of what we see. Yeah, we, we never saw his friends being um, menaced in their dreams yeah. by Freddy. All we ever see is Jesse, and he's got the connection to the to people in the other movie, but nobody in, the, in this movie is sharing what was happening to him. Which and ends up happening in part one, you know. Um, and there's no real explanation Yeah, why. there's no real explanation as, for, as to why. I mean, I didn't really care that we didn't get an explanation as to how Freddy was back after he'd yeah. been killed in the first one. I'm okay with that. We, we're well, he was a dream demon. It's not hard to just say he just resurrected himself, you know. Yeah, but, you know, it just sort of went from, oh, yeah, we killed him in the first one to yeah. bang, he's back in my dreams. But the whole thing about I need you to have these dreams and do this for me and then I'll I'll come back. The idea was sort of explored later in in something like Freddie and Jason. That's kind of what yeah. they used to get him back. But the way it was handled in this one just was too far removed from well, and, and sort of cut it down too much. You didn't have the you didn't have the the sort of scope that you had in the first one of of dealing with all these other kids and and the ways that they got. The sort of terrors that were inflicted on Nancy by killing her friends and things like that. Yeah. My problem with all that was it wasn't very well spelled out. So, you, you, I, I, I mean, maybe I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe is the wrong word. But. Yeah, just remove that and revise the sentence. It's I am an idiot. So, <laughs> it's so, not convoluted, but it just doesn't, they don't explain it well enough. To, so I didn't immediately jump to that. Yeah. Okay, he's using Jesse so he can come back. Yeah, exactly. But yet he was powerful anyway. But in, he never, yeah, he never actually and Jason, says that. He, he, just, he just says, you're the body, I'm the brain. Yeah. But he doesn't say, I'm going to come out. Come of, out. Or in Freddie and Jason, he wasn't strong enough and he needed Jason to do his dirty work. Yeah, yeah. To so get it's back to his strength. And, yeah. That, that was never a question in, in mm. this. It's pretty straightforward, but it's exactly what you said. It's never mentioned. It's not. He doesn't say. Yeah, he well, doesn't. I, I need it's not you to kill for me because then I'm going to come back and then I'm going to do the deeds myself. Yeah. 
Um, and the, and the other problem is that the way that he's doing it, and then he ends up in the real world. It's not like you're going to do this, and then I'm going to be in everyone else's dreams. Yeah, it's I'm coming into the real world, which ends up being a real problem. Yeah, well, it doesn't make any sense the real world because the problem with the real world I found, and maybe we're jumping ahead slightly on the likes and dislikes, but if he's in the real world, he's he's basically just a man. Yeah. Is that correct? And in the first one, they defeated him by bringing him into the real world. But in this one, he comes into the world and he's still super strong and walking through fences and, and like, you know, disappearing into a ball of flame. Yeah. Like, rules just got bent and broken all over the place. Yeah, they, they just, just decided to bend the rules of the original. And I, I can understand why Wes Craven's got a problem with this. Yeah. And the other thing, too, that it does is by bringing, bringing him into the real world you lose that thing that was really strong in the first one, which was you didn't know when they were dreaming and when they were awake. Yeah. And in the first one, it sort of trod that line really, really well to the point where sometimes you were guessing, is, is she actually in danger? Is Oh, yeah, there's Freddie. She's in danger. Yeah. So that really hurt it. I think by restricting it just to Jesse and then bringing him out at the party, just... It, yeah, it's kind it of building a huge heap from there. Yeah. A lot of the visual effects from a technical standpoint, even though I know it's not an 85 and it's a, it's a it's this very tight budget, but they're very, very poor. The, a lot of the lightning stuff that comes through the window into his house at one point, you know, the lightning strikes the, the board next yeah. to the... And there's another, I think there's another particular bit... Freddie's jumping through the window and then disappearing and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, Very yeah. unconvincing. And what about the exploding bird? <laughs> <laughs> That's a dislike all of its own, mate. That whole sequence makes no sense. Does nothing to enhance anything. And then the father proceeds to blame Jesse. Yeah. Oh, oh you stuck some cherry bombs up there, <laughs> bum. But the best thing about that is two seconds before that he goes, it's got, got to be a rational explanation. It's got to be a gas leak or something. Yeah. I know what happened. You gave it a cherry bomb. <laughs> you stuffed it a cherry bomb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So we've gone from rational explanation to, Jesse, you exploded the bird by putting it, giving it a cherry bomb. <laughs> and if, um, if I'm not mistaken, the father finds that the toaster catches on fire when it's not plugged in. Yeah. I think I'm asking questions about what's going on here. That's right. Oh, did you put a fucking cherry bomb in the toaster yeah. too, you bastard? But the other thing I thought about that is... I remember one I step shy of a get out. <laughs> yeah. After I watched it, um, because I watched it twice in sort of close proximity, I was looking very forward to the exploding bird scene. But then the second time I was watching it, I was thinking about, okay, so obviously this is going to be Freddie's work. Not his finest. It's not, <laughs> it's not the best idea he's ever had to sort of inspire fear and dread into people. Um, you know, sitting there thinking that this evil sort of this what can pure I do evil being thinking, I know. What can I I'll do? blow yeah. that bird up. Yeah, that bird's fucked. I'm going to blow it up. <laughs> yeah, that is an absolutely ridiculous sequence. It is. It, it, you cut that out. And nobody's any the Nobody wiser. Cares. Nobody's it. Yeah, he cares. Um, it, was a, it was sort of... <laughs> the worst part about it, too, was it was sort of Clue um, Gulliger's biggest part of the movie. Yeah. He had you know, a couple of lines here and there. That was the one part we spent a couple of minutes with the bloke, and he, too, wasn't a bad sort of addition to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the cast. So <laughs> it was very odd. 
I you, we talked about actors and and we we praised Robert Russler and um and Mark Patton. I think they were both pretty good. Yeah. I thought Lisa was a little bit underdeveloped, mm. and there's one particular character who's just superfluous. The the friend. Can't remember her name. Yeah. She's basic, and she's not a good actress. And every scene she's in. Fawning over Greg? Yeah, it's just kind of like, why is this person here? Yeah. In fact, it's almost as if she exists solely to have Freddie's hand come out of her at the end. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem she has no other real use in the film, which I thought was kind of weird. It was just like a, again, it's a holdover from what you said before is we're not spreading Freddie's wealth across the, all the dreams, so some of those friendships are not really needed. Yeah. Yet there seems to be quite a few characters around the place yeah. from the high school, and it's almost as if maybe that started as part of the idea and then got dismissed or was written out in later drafts. Because it takes place in the high school, you've got plenty to work with, mm. and then it doesn't sort of come into it. Especially with something like the pool party. I would like to have seen a sort of a um, – the pool party could have been a nice idea to have a mass dream sequence where Freddie was in everyone's mind and they all started doing strange things to each other or something, you know. A few it people could, passed out around the pool or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it could have been interesting to go in that direction. But obviously I decided to <laughs> bring the five-foot-five five Freddie out into the real world yeah. to knock over a few plates and – Threaten people like this, they'll sort of wave his hands at him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, look, one thing I discovered from part two is Freddy in long shots is not a good idea. Him sort of, like you said, <laughs> waving his arms yeah, around and kind of... Kind of menacing terrible. like the a wolf man from yeah. the 1950s I mean, movie. in the first movie, they did the long shot of him like with the, the, the accordion arms. arms and bathed in darkness. But when you're showing a sort of full body shot of Freddie standing next to a pool and kind of <laughs> throwing his hand around, it looks terrible. And it looks terrible. standing beside guys who are six inches taller than him. Yeah. Yeah. And again. That was a, that was a huge mistake. Yeah. That, that pool party is actually the worst scene in the movie because yeah. it basically just, it dilutes any fear that Freddie might have had. Yeah. Yeah. And even though he kills a couple of characters. It just doesn't ring true at, no. at any stage no. that he's he's menacing or scary or someone to fear. Yeah, and it's a real. It, it's part of the reason why the movies I think derided a fair bit. Yeah, I think so. Um, even before that, the, the part that had me laughing was when uh, supposedly you know he's very powerful and whatever, but he gets in a foot race with Lisa, and sort of she falls over and he sort of falls on top of her. Pretty simple, to, you know, you got the job done there, Freddie, but instead he bites her on the leg. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Um, and then, yeah, from there, that was kind of the first moment of, hang on, what's going on here? And then he gets out into the into the the throng of <laughs> teens around the pool. And it's just Yeah, and terrible. it's a real shambles, that scene. It really is poorly, it's a real poor choice. Yeah. I don't know whether that was a, a script thing or whether that was, you know, something that came in later, but it just doesn't work. And it, Part it, of it, I think, is the direction. Yeah. I mean, the, the pool party wouldn't have looked so bad if he hadn't have been 
seen in shots with heaps of people that are dwarfing the uh, the guy. Plus, there's also a couple of really bad shots of him in his makeup. There's fire in front of him, and he's he's it, it, they're sort of I guess you'd call them profile shots, mm. shoulders and head, and he's looking across at um, Lisa, I think, or Jesse, yeah. and there's fire sort of in front of him, and he looks like he's his mouth's all black around yeah. there. But I mean, like even the shot, you know, where they're all my children, you're all my children now. That's done from below to make him look intimidating and you know you're looking up at him it makes yeah. it look like he's towering but then you're cutting that in with shots when he's standing face to face with a guy who's bigger than him and you know running around with kids in the background that are obviously much bigger than the guy and although freddie's got a, a razor glove he's not jason or michael who's supposed to be superhuman in strength so yeah. you can't go toe to toe with jason and michael they'll just rip your head off yeah that's not his thing it was whereas freddie you you put one arm up, block the razor glove, and some big boffer just flogs him one in the head. He's, yeah. he's out in the real world. He should basically just get the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, well, that was the rule that we had established that yeah. was then sort of broken in that scene. So. And just played with... Too um, much. Now, uh, when, I, when I said we were 35 to 40 in, you said 45, I said 35. Yeah. Somewhere in that area, I don't know, I know what, what you're point, talking about now. But the S&M bar. <laughs> the S&M bar, yeah. That's when the movie dives. Yeah, um, it is. The S&M bar is a dream sequence, correct? Or is well, it not? See, this is the thing. It's still confusing. It seems like Jesse was there, but I mean, he gets brought home by the police. So... Yeah, and Schneider was found dead, chopped up in the... Yeah, you're thinking he's fallen asleep. This is the confusing thing. He's fallen asleep, but... Or is he supposed to be asleep when Freddy takes over him, or... I don't know, but he just goes and does this seemingly there, and then can't... Remember it? Can't remember it. Well, he remembers it, but... Yeah, I, I, this is part of the confusing. And I mean, he does say he killed Schneider. Yeah, and from what I from what I can gather, he was there because Freddie's taking control of him. But what that's got to do with? Did he fall asleep and then Freddie took over him and he wakes up and goes and does it? And it's it's all just confusing. Yeah, really. Yeah, very confusing. But I'll tell you why I didn't have this. Why I said forty five minutes. I was in hysterics when <laughs> when Schneider gets taken up with the challenge. <laughs> his clothes, but Invisible Freddy rips his clothes off and, then and again snaps his ass yeah, in a towel. What can I do to this bloke? Oh, pile a towel. <laughs> Whoopa! Starts whipping him with a towel. That's awesome. <laughs> I loved every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the fact that he meets Schneider at a nested end bar. Dressed up in bloody leathers like the gimp. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's running laps. Running <laughs> laps, that's right. It's, I'd be, you know, you're at that point where you would be saying, listen, mate, you're my teacher, but fuck, I'm going home. Okay, you've caught me at a, <laughs> we're somewhere where I shouldn't be. You know, I'm not I'm running laps for this shit. I'm not at school. I'm just going, listen, mate, we're both here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you've got nothing on me. <laughs> so. I, I actually, um, I only noticed this time around that Grady mentions it earlier. Yeah, he's in S and M. He's in S and M. Yeah, I yeah, I I missed that. He does mention it when they're um, in they're the locker out, room. yeah, in the locker room. Or yeah, it's in the locker room or on the 
doing the planking. I can't remember which one it was. But there's a sequence it. in that. There's a, there's also a shot in that bit that shows a another actor playing Freddy. In the shower, it's all steamed up, and then yeah. he comes out, and he's walking like a bloody mummy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually saw that, and I thought, is that the couple of seconds? Yeah, that's it. Because I, uh, when I found out about that, I thought it had all been removed from the movie, but then I saw that, and I thought, that guy's walking like Frankenstein, yeah. and that's exactly how they described it, and that was pretty much the reason they canned him. Yeah. And I think... Even that couple of seconds shows why Robert England kept the role for so long. Yeah, he did actually. He added a lot to it. Freddie is actually quite intimidating when you get him sort of standing. When you get shots of him sort of standing there and not walking and swiping at large yeah. groups of kids, <laughs> but when you get him standing there and the mannerisms and stuff that he puts into it are quite. Uh, yeah, there is a menace to him, and he does things like you know he talks about how the the glove. He would assume it would be quite heavy, so he started taking this stance like a gunslinger, yeah. like slumping in one arm, and you can really sort of notice that, and that's what was missing in that couple of seconds. Yes. He was very hard to replace. Yeah. You couldn't replace him like you could with Jason or Michael. Yes. Although down the track we might have wished. <laughs> yeah. does. Yeah. Someone does. True. <laughs> um, the stuff about the power plant. Where Kruger used to work, and I need you to come out here. Maybe you can make a connection. It was yeah. kind of stupid. It didn't. Where did she cook this up from? Like, yeah. why? That is actually where things probably start to crumble. Yeah. That point. Is Their where ideas it all to come in to... just randomly and not don't really have any decent enough connection. Yeah. Not the enough idea connection of her working out something about him and then using that down the track. That's good. That that's I'm okay with that. But where it ends up, yeah, is not good. And it, it it all that stuff goes into the finale. So again, you've got the problem that you've got these this sequence where she's saying, "Oh, you make a connection and all this sort of stuff," at the power plant, and then it sort of that we go back to the power plant in the finale, mm. and we don't. It's another just a, 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 the finale. I had a real problem with the finale. Oh. The finale is basically over and done like that. It's it's just done. But it, nothing really happens. Yeah, yeah. She just sort of talks him out of it. Yeah. She talks Jesse into, you know. They don't even have a, like a, a, a punch-up or a fight or anything. They don't, yeah. There's no real, um, you know, like wouldn't it have been better to have him almost killing her? Yeah. Well, I think, you know? I don't know. Personally, I think that... The ending there probably even fuels parts about the, the gay subtext. Yeah. Because you can sort of look at that as something more related to an idea like that than you can about this is a standard horror movie sort of finale. Yeah. And it's it's really, it's, it's very different because he's getting saved by her yeah. and it's not the whole final girl angle or final guy in this case. It's, yeah. He's not fighting Freddy. No, well, he sort of Kind of, of is, is internally, but, but... We're not seeing any yeah. of that. And that's why I guess, you know, I, can, I say it's probably more related to the subtext. Maybe that's... I mean, the writer of the movie, I think, is one of the ones that says that, yeah, it was meant to be there, if I recall correctly. Yeah, he is. Maybe that's, that's where it comes from, but the whole... As soon as they arrive at the power plant and there was dogs with people's faces... 
I was just thinking, what are we, what are we in for? With here? no ex- explanation? <laughs> no. Anywhere? Yeah. I and then some giant cat thing that yeah, eats a rat? eats a rat, and then we get a shot of the growling teeth. And... Why? I don't And know. what's that got know. to do with Freddy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still slightly baffled by all that. Oh, what's it? If anybody can shed <laughs> some light on it, please send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know where that comes from. Oh, yeah, I and just to backtrack a little bit, I sort of that, that whole sequence. I just sort of sat there, just sort of <laughs> frozen, kind of mouth, you know, jaw yeah. uh, on the floor almost the whole time. Just thinking, I'm trying to work out what's happening here, but I just don't know. I yeah. can't do it. I can't figure it out. Just to backtrack a little bit, though, we've jumped ahead into the finale and some some solid stuff there that I, I was definitely in the dislikes. But there's as the movie heads towards its climax, it kind of it things just suddenly seem to happen. We get a sequence of a dream sequence where he's tucking his sister in and he's got the glove on. We then cut to a couple of people talking about how they're worried about Jesse, mm. and then we're at the pool party. Yeah, it's like what? <laughs> the dream sequence with his sister is another one of those really good ideas yeah. that could have worked well with a bit more explanation as to what was actually going on. Yeah, because was he, he being was he unaware of what was happening? I think it was the, the, the same old deal with Schneider and that that he's actually doing it, but he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. But I really even like that something because is... the whole time, the whole sort of point of view camera, and you think there's a bit. Of, the stalking, oh shit, yeah. Freddy's here. And then he puts and then his the hand of him hand. with the... That was good. Yeah. But you know um, what? Even something as simple as having his eyes glazed over or something like that could possibly have at least given us a clue. My eyes were glazed <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, my eyes will be glazing over in about 10 minutes when we start discussing the next movie. <laughs> but even something as simple as that would have showcased that perhaps, okay... He's not in control of himself. Yeah. And Freddie must be controlling him. Yeah. But no, let's <laughs> not well, do that. That was where I landed. But basically what we were saying, that Freddie's controlling him and that he's aware of, he's, he's aware at some points and not aware at other points. Like, yeah. It's... I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Why? I cannot tell you. <laughs> Just quietly, um, too, who decorated Grady's room? Uh, it looks I like an aha video. I, was say, I don't know who did it, but I did notice a Lamal poster yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, I noticed a Lamal. Uh, I also noticed these dudes look like leather. <laughs> oh, mate, now we know how he knew Snyder was at the S&M joint. So that's where he's buying his, um, his linens. Yeah, from. I thought to myself, though, great, he's not... I mean, we're talking about the 80s here, 80s movies where the stereotypes are fairly sort of laid on fairly heavy. Uh, Grady's not the type to have a Lamal poster in his... I didn't think he would sort of finish up on the... Uh, finish up on the sporting track and then yeah. run home singing a never-ending story to himself. And, <laughs> but, hey, I could be wrong. When we do get to the finale too, what I found rather amusing is they're in a power plant that seems to be working because there's a lot of steam and stuff. Yeah. And the first thing Lisa does is touch one of the pies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and go, it's like, it's like oh, when your yeah. mum says, don't touch the plate, it's hot. The okay. first thing you do is... <laughs> <laughs> you immediately touched yeah, the no plate. Yeah, no worries, mum. All good. Ah, shit. 
Um, or, or give it a minute to cool before you start eating it. It's hot. <laughs> and then you burnt the roof of your mouth. I, I actually, um, I, you know, fair enough. It, it seems to be um, a, a deserted power plant that you can just sort of roll into and wander around. I'd probably be checking it. That, that shouldn't be working. Is it actually working? Oh, yeah, it's actually working. But the Just dogs are guarding the boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Actually, you're right. You would have been. You would have known something was up when that the, the dog with the person's face was waiting for you. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> and I will say this. If I watched this movie in 1985 and the ending leaves it open for a sequel, I don't think I'd have been that, <laughs> that keen to see a third. No, probably not. No. Not as keen as after the first one. No. Uh, um, but of course, the luxury used to third is is yeah, fantastic. The third one, uh, I actually think if we did a smackdown of uh, the best in the series, number three would be one of them for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's that's kind of my last dislike. It just kind of ends, and I I looking at it in hindsight, I'm just thinking, eh, let's say it had been a you know, 15, 16 year old in nineteen eighty five. I think I would have been going. Mm. I don't know about that one. Well, let me ask you a question. Now that you've watched it again, mm-hmm. should part five have possibly been considered in this place? Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I haven't seen it's... five in a while, but I just remember it being real dull. Yeah, I actually think uh, part five had, from from when, last time I watched it, which was a few years back, I remember liking some of the ideas, mm. but thinking they were just... They tried something and it just fell flat at every turn, basically. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Five tried to undo what four had done, mm. which was ramp it up into the MTV <laughs> era. <laughs> and the garish colours and all that shit that was going on. But they did it in a really dull way. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, if we'd really look back, I'd like to think five would probably be in this one's place. Mm. I think this one probably, in a in a way, it probably deserves the place because of, as we've spoken about at length, <laughs> how far removed the actual idea was about her taking over the body. And well, I guess that's where the difference lies, yeah. is that if you're a fan of the original, I can see why you'd hate this. Yeah. And because you would just immediately go, what in the world is this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is not the Freddy Krueger that we remember. Yeah. Five, at the very least, was still working in the wheelhouse that three and four had created. Because yeah. I see three and four, three, four, five, as a totally separate entity to either of the first films. Because, or oh, maybe three has connections to one. Mm. Three has connections to one because it keeps Freddy somewhat in the shadows. But it also three has connections to four. Yes, as well. because he'd started to rip yes. up the, the so, puns and the. Two's the one, the odd one out. It is. Two's the one that does not have any connection to any of them. Yeah, it sort of stands on its own. The so connection I'm, is the house. In, <laughs> a way, <laughs> in a way, there's probably a fair case to have two here Yeah. in the SmackDown because of the fact that it's so far outside. Do you have any other dislikes? That no, no, that was it. We're not going to give a score. We're going to hold that back. Let's take a break. Here's the trailer to our other contender. 1991's Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Welcome to a brand new nightmare. Great to be back in business. The Final Nightmare. It's your mind will go for it. I won't tell. This is my favorite. Shh. 
It's got to be me and him. We're going to have to hit him with everything we've got. Cool. Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. They saved the best for last. Rated R. Starts Friday, September 13th at a theater near you. Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. Uh, released in 1991. It's it's directed by Rachel Talalay, who directed Tank Girl and one episode of The Flash. Jared. Produced by Robert Shea, who obviously produced the other Elm Street films, and a guy called Aaron Warner, who went on to produce the Shrek series. Sorry, I just had a mouthful there, but she shouldn't be allowed near the Flash ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Written by Rachel Talalay and Michael DeLuca, who I believe wrote Judge Dredd, or produced Judge Dredd. It stars Robert England as Freddy Krueger, Lisa Zane as Maggie Burrows, Sean Greenblatt as John Doe, and Brecken Meyer as Spencer. Mm. And a but, bit of Yafet Kodo too. Yeah, a bit of Yafet Kodo. The budget was $8.5 million and the box office was $34 million in the US. <clears throat> now, interestingly, there's a bit of trivia here that says when the movie was in the US theatres in 91, it actually ran for 100 minutes. And, and many character moments and introductions had extra, it had extra stuff in them. However, for whatever reason, New Line Cinema cut the movie down to 88 minutes for all home video releases. Mm. So it's obviously a different version. But then again, the version that we've got on DVD is 98 minutes. Oh, I actually I watched the 80. Well, I watched the Blu-ray. So I had the 80, 88 minute, I think. So you gave me the 98 minute cut <laughs> yeah. of this. I, I'd like to think more films would do that and invoke the mercy rule and cut down the time we have to sit through it. Oh, man. But yes, you got 10 more minutes oh. and loved every single one. Okay, um... <laughs> I'm going to go first <laughs> on my general thoughts. We're holding back our scores. You're going to give me that 10 minutes back right here, right? Yeah. We're going to hold back our scores, remember, so <clears throat> I'm not going to give a score. This is a an absolute mess, this movie. <laughs> it is. Absolute mess. Everything enjoyable about the Nightmare on Elm Street series is just washed away in this one... <laughs> 98 minutes. I kid you not, I am not lying, this was an awful viewing experience. <laughs> I watched this in two parts. By choice. It wasn't that you had I, something to do. I had to. Could. I could not watch the whole thing in one sitting. I had to split it into two days. And I never, ever intend to watch this film again. <laughs> Never again will I watch this movie. Uh, it is the worst film of all the franchises and quite possibly the worst horror movie I've ever watched in my life. So you don't need to give a score. Over to you. I can't disagree with a lot of what you've said. It's just a, it is a mess. It's all over the place. There's no story, or there's a very, very thin story. Everything that worked about Freddy the character, this is just where it was all forgotten. (laughs) This is is the lowest point for Freddy. No (laughs) question. Um, Which I might have just spoiled the end of the episode, but I think you might have done that. that. (laughs) 
it's it's a just a terrible, terrible movie. It is. I actually look. I don't like to go lay the boot into people. I know we enjoy all of these movies to some extent. This one was a really difficult watch, and I saw some like IMDb reviews and stuff that said this is great. Oh, Freddy's not supposed to be scary. It's really funny. It's not funny yes. <laughs> in the slightest. No matter how you slice it. <laughs> no matter how you slice it, it it's is not, not funny. Yeah, it's not funny. It's not scary. It's not. Um, so what is it? And, <laughs> and to be quite honest, when I saw those internet reviews, I am comforted by the fact that there actually are people stupider than me on the planet, mm. basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shocker. It is an absolute um, shocker. I, I apologize if anyone watching disagrees, but... This is just the pits, this yeah. movie. It's the lowest ebb. It is. No doubt about it. Did you like anything? I didn't mind the Goo Goo Dolls song in the intro. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't too bad. Okay. Anything else? I did have a couple. Okay. So, Brecken Meyer was playing a Tiger LCD video game. I had those, so did I you? quite enjoyed that. I uh, did. Um, bit of nostalgia. Bit of nostalgia. <laughs> One laugh I got during the movie, <laughs> and this tells you how how uh, much of a dullard I am. That this is where I laughed was when the bloke's trying to uh, John Doe's trying to keep himself awake, so he's singing Ninety Nine Bottles of Beer. Oh, and water. Goes, shut the fuck up! <laughs> yeah, yeah. He goes, yeah, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'll smash a bottle on you. <laughs> that was where I laughed. You laughed? Yeah. <laughs> I laughed at that one. Giggle. Giggle for that one. In all seriousness, the only sort of like I can come up with mm. and the only part that I feel was kind of effective was Carlos when he was dying and the, the, in, his, in the scene where Freddie was sort of stalking him and took his hearing. Mm. The only good idea in the movie and the only thing that partly worked, but as with everything else in the movie, it was just trampled on and ruined. And I'll get to that later. But <laughs> that, oh, that sequence is coming in for special yeah. attention. But the me. idea for that and the, the start of it was was pretty good. The fact that his hearing was... Was taken away and yeah. it was silent. Yeah. That could have been great. And it wasn't, but it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had Any one other more. ones? You I had one more. more. A half-like. Yeah. Freddie being killed with the glove. Just sort of felt like it was. It was kind of obvious in a yeah. way, but it just felt like the right thing. The right thing to do. Yeah. So that gets a like, and okay. that's. I've been kind of nice. Yeah, have you been got nothing? Nice. No, <laughs> you got nothing. I have got several. Do you? Yeah. Right. I think the idea of a town fair that has no children is a really interesting and could have been creepy. Yes, could but have been. But it does not last long enough. But as I said... And it's trampled on by Roseanne and Tom. Yeah, as I said, everything everything that could be alike yeah. just gets turned on its head and <laughs> just trampled on and jumped on. <laughs> they, they drop a flying elbow on there as they well. They kill off the main character with 30 minutes to go, which I actually thought, okay, it's, at the very least it was something different. He, he he was our he was our main protagonist, and we kill him with thirty minutes to go. There's obviously a reason for that. Oh, a very very. It didn't feel like thirty minutes after that. It felt like a hundred and thirty. Yeah, that's right. And the end credits scenes has scenes from the better films. Mm. Yes, the best part of the movie yeah. is when they're showing the other ones. The other ones, yes. All right, into the dislikes, Jared, and I'm kicking off with 
Grab yourself a drink. You do not start a movie with a no with a quote from a fictional character. No, you do not quote fictional characters at the start of a movie. Especially when you've just quoted Nietzsche. Yeah, you've quoted Nietzsche, and the next second you're quoting Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Is just, that is that not a silly thing to do? That was a silly thing. I didn't like that at all. And then as soon as that happens, after that happens, we get a, a scroll of what's currently been going on, and we're in the near future. Mm. And it's like, oh, my God. I hated that. I absolutely hated it because... It looked like it was supposed to be like Escape from New York, mm. like that kind of in the near future. But there was nothing to it. You just did the scroll and the whole joke was that this was the future, so we're going to do it with a computer like they did in those movies. That's not... But what's the futuristic about any of it either? Nothing. Yeah. That's I don't need nothing. hoverboards or anything, but geez, I need something to tell me it's somewhat futuristic. But that was the first... That, that, oh, I scratched my head at that point, and I just didn't stop scratching for the rest of the movie. I'll tell you where the alarm bells continue, okay? (laughs) We've quoted a fictional character. We've kicked off with the Goo Goo Dolls soft rock. That was like. We've had a scroll (laughs) about the near future. But we've also seen that the director came up with the story and the producer wrote the screenplay, and that is red flags because, you know what, there is nobody, there's no objective, Objective presence going, this is not good, people. <laughs> yeah, we spoke about that. There should have been a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there should have been a meeting at New Line. But the problem well, is there probably ideas. would have been. I think this is why I hate this movie so much. Yeah. Is because these guys have been associated with Freddie from day one. A lot of them have. Yeah. Um, actors, producers, directors have been involved in some capacity since the Wes Craven film in 1984. So they should have known what Freddy was. But it's as if they've got no <laughs> idea what to do with him and no concept of the fact that Freddy Krueger is a good has – has, there's so much out there to work with. Yeah. With Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And to take the, this character and do this to him – <laughs> You're upset. You look, are. I am upset. upset. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it together now. Yeah, but as we said, there should have been a meeting, and somebody should have said, "Hey, hey <laughs> what on. is this? Let's, let's just roll the green light back to Amber because yeah, yeah. the script is awful." <laughs> look in the documentary again. Never sleep again. Get out and get it because it's bloody good. Yeah, it's great. long, but it's it's bloody good. They talk about when they were first. Pitching ideas about six, they went to Peter Jackson. The Peter Jackson. Not Peter Jackson, <laughs> some guy on the, the street who we've never heard from. We're talking about the Peter Jackson who went on to make the Lord of the Rings series and The Hobbit, okay? Now, admittedly, this was not Peter Jackson. This was young Peter Jackson. But still, it would seem that Peter Jackson, young or old, knows something about how to make movies. Would that be fair? That'd be fair. Right. He gave a script for Nightmare on the Street 6. There was no, nobody's read it. It's nowhere. You can't find it anywhere. But they basically talked very briefly about the story and said that it was all about Freddie at this stage and his 
was basically just living in the dream world and he was weak as piss and young kids were basically knocking themselves out so they could go into the dreams and kick the shit out of him, right? And during one of these ass kickings, he actually manages to kill one of the kids and he starts to get his power, his strength back and he's able to come back out. That was all I gave you? That was two minutes of discussion. That is a better... That sounds like a better yeah. movie than what we got. <clears throat> yeah. Presumably somebody at the studio sent it back saying, with notes saying, yeah, yeah, thanks for your effort, but uh, we were hoping Freddie would be on a broomstick yeah. or something. We just didn't get that from your <laughs> script. I believe in the, film, in the documentary they say, we liked his ideas, but we felt we'd go with... These guys, because mm. they've been around for years, and, and you can see why. Yeah, you can see and I can, why. They I understand did that. I, I that. dig that in terms of uh, loyalty. Yeah, but you can also see that his idea was kind of could have been like part two, like it was a bit different. Yeah, but um, but when you're going to kill off a character, you've got the built-in. You know the audience is going to turn up. Yeah, you've got the ability to go elsewhere yep. if you want to. Yeah, I love the loyalty, but it also shows that. Judgment was clouded. Yeah. Well, actually, I've got a bit of a problem with Rachel Talali too. Like, I just can't stand the... I can understand, like, you've made a movie and you, you, you be protective of it. And quite honestly, in the documentary, she seems quite good. She seems quite generous with her time. Yeah. She's on there a lot. And she... And she, 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 she came up through, ball. yeah, from... She came up through as... You know, as a gopher yeah. through the series up to directing, and he's quite fond of the series. Yeah, and I get, um, I, I really, I really, you know, if it wasn't for people like her, we wouldn't have some of these. Yeah, things. exactly. So I kind of, so I appreciate that. I appreciate that, but I've really got an issue when she starts talking about people just didn't get it. It's a black comedy, blah blah blah. It's not our fault that we didn't like the movie. The movie is shit, basically, and that's because she's repeated that sort of for years that it's. People didn't get it, and let it's me, not supposed to be... Let, allow me to retort <laughs> okay, on that. Right, okay. You cannot use the idea that it's a black comedy or a spoof when plot points in your movie are about child molestation and child assault. Exactly. You cannot possibly then tell me that's black comedy. Yeah, exactly. It's not. Yeah. And not only that, you, but you've got abusive of Freddie himself. Yeah, yeah, by, by his father. And, and, so there are dark, there it's are not, really it's not dark usually elements. A, it's not usually a breeding ground for big for comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my, my retort to that is you cannot possibly use that. Yeah. Because the, the material is dark. Yeah. And I, I just I get bothered when I hear her talk. Like I said, I, I, I'm not, I don't dislike her. I, I <laughs> I think she was really good in the doco. I think she's been, like I said, generous with generous with talking about the movie over the years and he's fond of the series, but every time she says that it just grates at me. It's like it's not it's not our fault that the movie was bad. Mm. You know, you've got to come to terms with the fact that the movie just didn't work. Yeah. Basically. Or at least be able to look at it and go, Look, there were some things I liked about it, some things people didn't get, and some yeah. things that probably been a lot could have been a lot better. Yep. Freddie's introduction. Getting back into it. Freddie's introduction. Freddie's introduction. We're still in the first three minutes. Dream within a dream. Dream within a dream. Within a dream. There's three (laughs) dreams in a row. Freddie's introduction on a broomstick. I'll get you my pretties. That should have been the time that I pressed stop. Mate, 
Dead people associated with um, the Wizard of Oz were spinning in their graves yeah. at that stage. And this is the thing when, you know, when I said some people on IMDb were talking about, oh, it's not supposed to be scary, it's, f- it's supposed to be funny, and it really is. That's not funny. That's just taking a well-worn line from another movie and putting him on a, on a broomstick like that character. That's not funny. That's not comedy. No. <laughs> There's a bit more to it than that. That I could write a movie with those sort of puns in there. Yeah. Basically. The acting across the board. Not happy. Terrible. <laughs> Even Robert England. I said to you, Jared, I love Robert England. I love him. Again, it's a, it's a little bit like what you just spoke about with Rachel Talley, that they've, they've invested so much into the series and we yeah. really owe them for this series even existing. Yep. So some would say, uh, I think we owe Wes Craven a hell of a lot more. But we do owe these these people because they have they've stayed involved in the series. They have continued to nurture it and push it forward. Yeah, it wouldn't be around they, if we it, didn't have that. As I mentioned previously, England created a lot of what Fred. Yeah, means. exactly. So I respect them, and I respect Robert England a lot. But his performance in this is just awful, like beyond awful. The moment he came on screen and starts talking, I just wanted to slap him. <laughs> And I wanted him to go away. Yeah. Well, it kind of gets into the reason why this is the worst in the series is because Freddie in the first one and probably the third one where he was sort of present a bit more, there was still an element of holding back. Mm. This one, he is just front and centre. He's the star. Yeah. And he shouldn't be. And I guess if you talk to the producers and that, you could understand that the fans were begging for that. Yeah. It was that period in in the series where the fans were desperate for Freddy. But as we've, you know... As, but that was a blessing and a, a curse for Freddy Krueger. Sometimes the fans don't know what they really want, Yeah, basically. <laughs> and that's one thing for to see Jason all the time. Yeah. Because that was a pure template film. Yeah, he's different. And the same me, movie I, was I, being made eight times. Can I just give you this little bit too? You're only asleep for a certain amount of time. <laughs> that sort of restricts how long we can have Freddy on the screen for. Yeah. When you go to school and those sort of things, you're not really going to just sort of get time to have a, have a large nap. And yeah. It's just it's a power nap. <laughs> we don't want Freddy all the time. As far as the acting is concerned, nobody gives us a good performance. But quite frankly, the characters are so one-dimensional. De Niro and Streep couldn't have got anything <laughs> out of it. You yes, know? that is true. I, I will say this. I'm not putting this in the likes. The only convincing bit of acting in the entire movie, and I cannot believe I'm going to say this, the, the tough girl yeah. who's awful, but when her, she comes face-to-face with her father, yeah, that it's legitimately... There is anger and it's coming from somewhere, you know, yeah. that, that it seems legitimate and she really puts in. Yep. And she delivers the best sequence in the movie as far as the acting is concerned. Yeah. Visual effects? Terrible. This came, what, a year before Terminator 2? I guarantee you they weren't on set going, oh, shit, have a look at what Freddy's <laughs> dead just did. We've got to lift our game. It was James Cameron just... did not know anything about this movie, I guarantee it. 
But nobody was going, James, you better get down to the Freddy's Dead set, mate. They're doing some really interesting <laughs> things. <laughs> In the visual effect field. Yeah. yeah. That would have been a practical joke. <laughs> James, James would have gone, 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 Yeah, he got me. I went down there and jeez. <laughs> I don't know what I was watching, but... <laughs> Look, the... Uh, forget just visual effects. Um, prosthetic effects. Prosthetic Freddy's effects. face looks terrible. Freddy's face is the worst it's looked. I, that mask that I have, the Halloween mask of Freddy, <laughs> looks better than that. And you know Seriously, what? it looked The worst awful. part about that is... That stuff's done by um, MMI or whatever. It was that John Carl Beekler yeah, fella. Yeah, Who's done some really good effects. I mean, yeah. you have to look at Jason from the Zone Part 7 to see the quality of his work. I think he read the script and just said, let's not spend too much time on this one, boys. Yeah. <laughs> we'll use a skeleton crew for this one. Um, but, yeah, going back to the, the special effects, when they look that bad, keep them to a minimum. <laughs> Don't put them on every fucking five seconds. And in stark lighting. There's no oh, darkness. Jesus. Yeah, that was really bad. Uh, really, really bad. It's just... Uh, A cavalcade of, <laughs> of bad. Once they reach the house in Springwood, you know, and it's just, it turns into the Elm Street house, yeah. it just goes, it goes from dull and boring to just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It just, it just... At least the first half was, you know... Mildly tolerable. Yeah. The second half is just an absolute nightmare. <laughs> it is. <laughs> the sequence involving Freddy. Now let's get back to your like about Carlos and oh, not having his hearing. Yeah. Good idea, except England's in the background oh, pantomiming it up. That's exactly what I was going to and doing all this stupid stuff. Yeah. When when I when I. When the noise first goes out, I'm thinking that is a fantastic idea because you're taking sort of Freddy into that sort of scary, you're in the unknown, you're wandering around this place that you don't know what's coming around the corner and now you've lost your hearing too. And by cutting all the sound out, that was really sort of disorienting as a viewer watching that. But as you said, immediately, he's Freddy he's mugging telling in the background. It just, as I said, great idea, and then trample, trample, trample. We're yeah. just gonna stomp all over it. It was just, I wanted to, I wanted to just pick up my <laughs> television and throw it on the ground at that point because I just thought this, that was, that was really, really. I was looking forward to that. That sequence just gets worse and worse, mm. though, because even, he finally gets his hearing back, and it's got the boom, boom. The sound is amplified. Yeah, yeah. And then he drops the pins and everything, and I thought that was not a bad idea, you know, the whole idea of the pins falling and everything. Then he gets out the blackboard. Like, we're in joygasm territory. He's scratching <laughs> the blackboard and humping yeah, the air like some sort of bloody horny monkey or something. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> when he humped the blackboard again, oh, if my TV had been dropped on the ground, I would have picked it up and dropped it again. <laughs> it's just... Awful! It's just awful, awful. But and you look in another, in another, in another dimension <laughs> where somebody else made this movie. You look at that whole sequence, and it starts off pretty tragically. That that the guy lost his hearing because of his mother. Yeah. Again, starts off as a good idea. Then she pulls out a giant Q-tip. Jams it in the Jams side of his head. head. Okay, that's not scary anymore. You've taken a giant Q-tip out. Then you take it to the, you know. If you start out that, that, you know, he's reliving, he's lost it. We find out why he's lost his hearing and it was because of family abuse. That's pretty, that's pretty sad and pretty, yeah. 
pretty frightening. And then he goes into that that place where he's alone and Freddy's stalking him mm. and he can't hear. That's a damn good scene. Yeah. Put put shroud some shit in darkness and have Freddy sort of appearing silently behind him or whatever yeah. out of nowhere. That gets something yeah. happening. But no. Honestly, if the sound was there. Let's bleach it in. With, you know. with what England was doing in the background, if the sound was there, you're getting like. Blah, 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 like <laughs> stupid stuff like that. It's not. But he, cool. he also. England keeps making these. Oh. 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 He sounds like, you know. Oh, I thought you were going to say he keeps humping people. No, no, no he, keeps, he keeps making these weird sort of growling noises and stuff whenever something's <laughs> happening. He does it several times in the power glove scene. Oh, yeah, but it's supposed to be comedy. It's oh, really funny that he does that. Oh, the power glove scene. Oh. Um, can I just get to your sort of thoughts about the carnival? Yeah. yeah. He sort of goes in line with... The sets in general, whoever was doing the sets certainly didn't describe to the less is more mm. theory. There was shit everywhere. <laughs> Honestly, there was so much going on. No set was just like a normal normal place. There was graffiti. There was yeah. grunge. Everything was just, it was like a cartoon. Yeah. Maybe the idea of this black comedy thing was what they were actually going Yeah. But that scene at the carnival, mm. for me, that carnival is much more scary if it looks like just a normal carnival with no children. Like yeah. A, a carnival, I mean, well, carnies are pretty scary anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he had a carnival with no, not a lot of people there and no children. Yeah. That's pretty scary. You didn't have to layer grunge and graffiti and dirt and shitty costumes and stuff. Yeah. Like, the whole movie is just, it's. It's like an assault on the eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. Because there's just shit everywhere. <clears throat> like, it's like scene. someone flung some shit at me. <laughs> right? It is. In it, an aggressive fashion. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I had to do it in two parts. They didn't say, hey, mate, how are you going? Here's some shit. They didn't wrap it up and hand it to me like a person. <laughs> they just threw it at me directly in my face. And that's why after 60 minutes I had to stop and then do the last 30 minutes later. <laughs> uh, where else can we go here? Dream um, Demons? The Power Glove. <laughs> Is well, just oh, there. There are no words to describe the power glove sequence. Full disclosure: yeah. I've actually got an action figure of Freddy with a power glove. <laughs> oh fucking hell! <laughs> I must say, I didn't want to purchase it, <laughs> but it was the one. If I hadn't have got it, it would have been the one that I'd left out. Right. The rest of this, the rest of the figures were, you know, the one with the faces coming out of his body, one with the accordion yeah, arms. Yeah. So it was like from each movie. Yeah. A, an iconic moment, shall we say? And that was the iconic. That was the oh, iconic moment. Wow! And I thought to myself, I shouldn't do this, but I can't leave that. But one. I was. <laughs> I, I was completionist, and I shouldn't have been. It was like yeah, the box well, set. I wish I could have bought the box set and just said to them, "Can you just keep get part six one. and give me a discount?" <laughs> um, the, in the documentary, they say how they they were going to get sued by Nintendo, mm. and they said, "Stuff it, let's leave it in." No. <laughs> you should have listened to Nintendo and yeah, taken it out. Nintendo were going they, they were, that, they were had saying, nothing to do with basically, idea, we don't want idea. our products associated with this shit, yeah. is basically what it was. That is Freddy at his worst. That scene is the worst he's ever been. Yeah. Again, nobody is saying to Robert England, Robert, 
you are way too far over the top. You have got to stop. You've got to but pull this is back. Where, I mean, but this is where the direction of that comes in. Yeah. They obviously just sat there with a the camera for quite some time and just said, say some things. Oh, great graphics. So, you know, fed him lines or just... All of his quips were terrible. All like, there was not one quip that sort of hits a mark. No. and Even in four, where he's at his quipping worst, Yeah, at least some of them are quotable. Yeah. The the power glove thing, I think it was about four odd minutes where Breck and Meyer falls asleep right through to where that scene sort of comes to an end and everyone else is involved. And I think it was four or five minutes. That is the four or five minutes is the worst of the series, no question. <laughs> and again, it's not such a bad idea, but by having Freddie front and centre and mugging and carrying on, by layering that with really bad takes on video game graphics. Yeah. No video game I've ever played looked like that. Then having Breck and Meyer bouncing around the house to the boom, boom, yeah. boom. Then like Stupid computer sound. Again, that was supposed to be funny, and it wasn't funny. It was yeah. so bad. It's just, yeah, <clears throat> dismal memory. But I've commemorated it forever with an action figure. No, exactly. Would. Yes. Introducing long-lost family members is never a good idea. See Jason Goes to Hell. Well trodden path. Yes. <laughs> They've already done it in yeah. this series. Yeah, that's right. The this one, this one came first, isn't it? Then, then Jason Goes to Hell. Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, no, in the series. Oh, yeah, they talked about Amanda Kruger. And that was done well. Yeah. But this one was not. No. Nah. One too many for the family. But probably, probably should when have you're, kept the family When you're tight. six movies deep, or in the Friday franchise, nine movies deep, mm. introducing long-lost family members is not is a good move. But not only that, the, the way because they did it Because it's hard to do. The way they did it with the flashbacks and stuff was just shoehorned. The the story was so thin, and then, oh, quick, here's a scene of... Um, Speaking of shoehorned, cameos. All yeah, of them shoehorned. Uh, shoehorned. All of them. All As of if them to just show us that they they had connections or, yeah. or um, here's a familiar face. And that's, again, another thing that could have been all right. Alice Cooper. He could probably, after seeing him in this and Bigfoot, <laughs> I'd be happy to see him in a small role in something. Yes. He's quite good, but they've just shoehorned that scene in. He's in it for maybe, a, what, a minute? He's Alice about Cooper? a minute. Roseanne and Tom Arnold, less than a minute. Oh, Johnny Depp, less than t- a minute. Tom Arnold, I wanted to drop the TV only, for a third time. Because <laughs> they're, they're only there for a second. Like, it's not like... They would have been on set for more than half an hour. <laughs> so I reckon they were just walking past and someone went, hey, do you want to be in this? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah why not? Um, yeah, they just feel really superfluous and not necessary to have them in there, but it's just a familiar face. Yeah. And Johnny Depp's the only one that makes any sense because he was previously in the series. Yes. But even that, it's just wasted. Hmm. Anyone could have done that. This is your brain on drugs. That's yeah. all he says. You know, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Stupid. I, I wanted to go back to the dream demons. Oh, those three heads? Yeah. The second they showed that poster and then said that, it was face palm. It was just, why? Like, why are we going here? Again, it's not that I hate the idea so much. It's just that it's just underdeveloped. It's just, oh, we've got an idea, we'll mention it once, then yeah. we'll go back to it later. 
And later is even worse. I'll get to that scene on its own. Like the 3D? The 3D. Oh, that's a gimmick of just... It's just an ugly gimmick. Yeah, but the Dream Demons, oh, yeah. the, the expl- when, they, when they said Dream Demons and the explanation, I was sad. I got sad about the series. Yofet Cotto keeps talking about knowing how to reign in his own dreams and control them and mm. with no explanation as to how. He's Batman. He's, he's obviously Batman <laughs> or Superman or something. But he seems to have no provide no explanation, and I don't need an explanation for everything. No, but I think I might need it for that. Yeah, I might need something. <laughs> the problem with this was everything was underdeveloped. That's why you felt that you needed an explanation. You felt you needed some explanation for something, anything, basically. Freddie in the finale, after we go through the trip through Freddie's mind, which is ugly for not not the reasons you would expect. You'd think his mind would be full of all sorts of ugly, nasty stuff, mm. but it's basically just a roller coaster ride through a bit of. It's a know, ghost train. Yeah, it's a ghost train. It's a really, a, really weak ghost train. It's a. It was a uh, bad takeoff of a Michael Jackson video in the in the nineties, pretty yeah. much. Like where you see him screaming, and then it goes into his mouth, and it's another head screaming. Yeah, oh god! The worst part of that sequence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk about it without laughing. But when he's when he's being burned alive, I shouldn't be laughing at that. Black comedy, you got me. I'm laughing. Oh, um, you're talking about when Freddy, when as Freddy's a, being real Freddy, yeah, like real Freddy's him. being burnt, and then you see the three heads quickly roll up to him. The heads look awful. You could have just got bloody Jim Henson or someone to knock up some a couple puppets. of puppets in half an hour. That would have been better than that. They're floating around and they go. Oh, you're burning to death. Oh, you know, I can't even remember what the line is, but it's something about, oh, what do you want? I want it all or whatever. You will be forever. And then they dive into him. I was just, I was gobsmacked at how bad that was. You've built up this whole dream demons thing. I don't even remember that. <laughs> I think I might have been you know, hiding behind the couch. You was ninety eight minutes. That I that. But no, it was just—it was seriously like a ten-second shot of wow when they're going into his mind, the flashbacks, and things like that. Oh, he's being burnt alive, and then while he's surrounded by flames, literally oh, ten yeah, seconds. I think I the three things are flying that. around him. I, oh, I want it all. You will be forever. Boom. There you go. Explanation as to why he's a holy dream god. Dude. It was just unbelievable. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, the worst sequence in the it, finale as well of this one is um, we pull you out of the dream world into the real world, which. Yet, for some reason, unexplained reason, you can still scuttle across the roof. (laughs) (laughs) But you then beat him up, stick a pipe bomb in and blow him up. Yes. And that, seriously, is how you were going to end the franchise? Yeah. What I want to know, though, is (laughs) how the hell did you get all those weapons? Oh, because all the confis- at-risk youth yeah, were... Yeah, you're only confiscating them off at-risk at risk youth, but you look like you've shaken down the Yakuza <laughs> or the, the Mafia or something. You've got knuckle dusters and knives and pipe Baseball bats base- covered in bloody barbed wire. Oh, Jesus. Also, Maggie becomes a kick-ass knife thrower and nunchuck. Yes, yeah. Throwing star aficionado down the stretch too, for no apparent reason. Or was that mm. mentioned somewhere? No, no, no it wasn't mentioned. Yeah, 
What about the um, what about wearing three D glasses in the dream? What about when Yafet Kato hands her the three D glasses? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just told me what you think about it. <laughs> that was on the nose. <laughs> just that scene how she she gets the glasses and you look at it, it says three D and all I kept thinking was why didn't they just cook up some different looking glasses or something? <laughs> Even something. But you decided to go to the cinema and get a pair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was the explanation again? This will... I don't uh, know. This, this will show you... Or this the will way or you can be able to see or something. Oh, oh, God. At that point, I'm thinking... Where's your qualifications, Doc? Let me have a look at that thing hanging on your wall. Is that just printed off your computer? Yeah, that was printed. That's pretty much it for me. I mean, <laughs> I could probably go on forever with yeah, this movie, but really, I think we've covered the fact that it's just horrendous. Okay. And you said you think this is the worst of of the big the big three? Yeah. The worst Any of all franchise. Of them? Any franchise. Any franchise. Far out. I told you, Jerry. What about Leprechaun? Now that I've re-discussed this, I have seen some very bad horror films. Yeah. Okay, hang on. Let's get our scoring out of the way. Yep. Right? Part two. What did you give it? I actually think I ended up on a two. Two? Yeah. <clears throat> I went close. I went one and a half. Again, I like the idea. I think there was potential. Yeah. But it just, in that later part... It takes too many liberties. Hmm. If it had, it if I had been marking on the first 35, 40 minutes, probably would have been a three and a half, three. <laughs> it's a two. Yeah. Okay, Freddie's dead. It's a half. Half. Yeah. I hate Zero. It. Zero. Zero stars. Wow. I said, I said at the start, I have watched a lot of bad horror movies. Something like Houseboat Horror is <laughs> so inept it's but hilarious. I That's get, a black comedy. I laugh. <laughs> That's an unintentional black I get comedy. To, I get to enjoy that. I yeah. laugh at it. Yep. It's not a good movie. This is a far more proficient movie than something like that. The problem I've got with this movie is it is so... It's made with such disdain mm. for the series. There's no fun to be had. There's absolutely no fun. It's not funny. It's not scary. It's not true to Freddy Krueger. And it's, I'm disappointed, I'm so disappointed in it because of, as I said, there's people involved in this who have been with the series from the start. Yeah. And this is what they cooked up. And they gave these people $8.5 million, which would have been probably three times what Wes Craven had. They gave it all to the set designer. They just and said, go, for, go and buy anything you can Everything. Find. <laughs> <laughs> what should I get? Everything. Everything. You buy it all. I just cannot stomach this movie. And I think it's the worst horror film I've seen. Wow, that is a which, big, which big is call. sad because I like this franchise. I'm going to be honest. I don't think it's the worst I've ever seen. I think we watched Avalanche Sharks only six weeks ago. But again, <laughs> I will take that as kind of that's crap. It's yeah. being made for Sci-Fi Channel, but at the very least, there's but there's no mythology to those movies. Yeah. There's no mythology. It feels it's like what you said. It feels like a little bit of a kick in the teeth because. You had people that supposedly knew what was going on with the series and had been involved in it for so long and just displayed they just didn't know anything about it. Yeah, and the thing that I would love to know, unfortunately the passing of Wes Craven means we probably never get to hear this, but 
what does he think of a movie like this? Oh, he sure didn't so. like part two. I'm sure someone will come out and say, yeah, I had a private conversation with Wes at some point. He thought it was I mean, the my understanding in, is Wes basically disowned the series after three. For quite a while, Before yeah. he came back for New Nightmare. Yeah, because I think even three, he had some issues. He thought he was yeah. going to have further control yeah. over three than he actually And did. he wrote an earlier script that was, a, yeah. was slightly, was quite different yeah. to what they had. I think he does, doesn't, dislike part three but he thinks it was sort of he thought he was going to have more to do with it yeah regardless part three is is great yeah and from that point on i think he was sort of it became nothing but a, a check for him yeah although the checks probably weren't as big as they should have been no they, were. they weren't so yeah it was good that he got to finish it up yeah and new nightmare i mean new line went back to him yeah and that tells you i don't care how much money freddie's dead made it had nothing to do with quality no. It had to do with the fact that they were propositioning that this was the end. Yeah. And they could have made the money they made on this, they could have made that. You put Freddy's Dead in the title of any Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. movie and it makes that money. Yeah, and as I said, that's why going with Peter Jackson was still a smart move. You had yeah. built in audience because it was the end. And you could guarantee a good opening weekend and if it's a good movie, well made, you're gonna get repeat business. Mm. And Peter Jackson's script may not have been the greatest script. We don't know. And I'd love to see him put it out or New Line put it out there. Comic. Yeah, comic. yeah. But I can guarantee you it would have been better than this. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would have been. Simple as that. And I, I, I think that there's no argument. We're talking about somebody who knows something about filmmaking. I'm not saying these other people don't, but this is a guy who went on to become somebody very important yeah. in film. Peter Jackson turned what they said was the most difficult book to make into film into a three-picture thing that won Oscars up the wazoo and made them billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. So it's obvious he knows something about how to break down a, yeah. a story. And I would have been, yeah. I would, I would really like to, to see what it was. Yep. But, yeah, I just, I have got absolutely no t- I will not watch this movie again. <laughs> I'll hold you to that. I've seen it several times over my <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> And you will watch it again, I guarantee. <laughs> in five years, you'll you'll. Let's do a retrospective in, uh, in ten episodes. You'll time. stumble across this, going, "Geez, remember that time I was doing a podcast? Oh shit, we did Freddy's, <laughs> we did Freddy's dead. I better bloody have a look, yeah, at, look at that." Uh, Guaranteed, you will watch it again. I guess we should put the caveat out there that in all three Smackdowns we've done, and Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, and uh, this great. one. The remakes have been contenders, yeah. But we've kept them out because, because I think we're going to cover them on their own. A separate. Oh, there a will smackdown be a between us. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, I, we we've we talked about doing a remake smackdown for this one, but we decided we hadn't covered Elm Street, so we've now done that. There will be our next smackdown will be a remake smackdown. It'll be after Shark Week. <laughs> no, Shark Week's off the table. <laughs> oh, no, Shark Week's <laughs> on the table firmly. Gibbo okay, so Gibbo watched the preview for The Shallows. Loved it? Loved it. He wants Shark Week. It's fair to say Freddy's dead. This is the worst of the series. Yes, by a long, long stretch. Yep. It's it's one in a canter. Yes. Now, if anyone wants to get in touch with us to give us some feedback or let us know what they think of these movies themselves, because, you know... Or to ask each... if we plan to do something purposeful with our lives. <laughs> each to their own. <laughs> As far as I'm concerned. But give us send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. 
I would love to hear from someone that loves Freddy's Dead just to, to say to, to tell us why. Yeah, give us a just counterpoint. Give us a counterpoint, yeah. Or contact us on Facebook uh, at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or through Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. Next week, uh, we still haven't decided what we're going to do. We're still going to get back in touch with Gibbo again and, and bust out another action film. So we will put up our coming soon on the Facebook page. Until next episode, take it easy. Enjoy watching your movies. Don't watch Freddy's Dead. For God's sake, ever don't again. fall asleep because you might have to watch Freddy's Dead. <laughs> That's my recurring nightmare, is to fall asleep and find myself watching Freddy's Dead again. Until then, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.